Happy New Year. <laughs> Glad to see everybody here at Haven Church today. It'll be my joy to sing Your Will, Your Way. Awesome song. Are you guys ready to stand up and uh, ring in the new year with us and sing some praise and worship and lift it up? All right, give me a little back kick there, Keith. Let's kick it up. Get your hands together. Let's see how long you can go. Don't stop. All right, slow it down a little bit. <laughs> Who breaks the power? Of sin and darkness, whose love is mighty and so much stronger, the King of glory, the King above all kings, who shakes the whole world with holy thunder, who leaves us breathless in all in wonder, the King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing oh, grace. This is
it up.
so grateful for you and just all that you brought us through another year, and here we are facing another one. And that regardless of what happens, one of the verses we used last week was, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. No matter what our calendar does, you have risen, and you are glorified, and we give you praise. So God, let's just have an awesome year this year, one that uh, we don't have in store what you have planned for us, but we know that it's going to glorify you. And for that, we give you praise. Everybody says, amen. All right, at this time, when our children go to our Shoreline Sunday School Ministry, go ahead and stand and greet somebody and tell them Happy New Year. Morning. Happy New Year. Hey, somebody's excited about that. Was that you, Gary? <laughs> Gary's excited about that. So, all right, New Year to pay taxes. Right, so it's good. All right, welcome, welcome, welcome. We're glad that you're here. If you're visiting with us today, awesome. Um, we're thankful for you, even if you are a Redskins fan. Um, so, um, start off bad this week. The Eagles lost. But then they lost Chip Kelly, so it got good. All right, so well, we'll get to that. All right. Anyway, it's all good. Oh, that's right, Gary. I, I feel a little naked up here. I better put this on right now, right? So I don't know what you're talking about, Gary. I mean, I don't know. I stayed up till 2.30 watching a game. I don't know. How about them Mountaineers? There you go. What? Cupcake? What? Somebody hit him. All right, there we go. Now I feel better. All right. So... I hope they get a, the first, uh, one of the first bowl games or at least a good bowl game next year because last night, 2.30, didn't work. Did it, did it, Carl? I mean, if I'm like here preaching, I fall asleep on myself, you'll know why. Um, but anyway, welcome. We hope that you're having a good time here today. We want you to connect to the Lord and have an awesome time and connect to Him. That's what we're here. We're beginning a new series this week called Better. And, um, and anybody want anything better? You don't? Anybody get a Christmas present you want to take back and get something better? Okay, there you go. That works. All right, so we're going to talk about that a little bit today. But welcome. If you're visiting with us today, we don't believe you're here by mistake. Um, hopefully you received a card. If you did not, kind of meet us out here and, and let us know. We'll make sure that you get one and go ahead and um, fill it out. If you do have it, um, bring it back out to this door. And uh, we're thanking you for being part of us. We have a small gift for you. And uh, thank you for just being part of the worship service today. Um, you can see the information about February 7th, our next Haven uh, introductory to the church family. Uh, small group invitation on January 18th. My um, night small group will be having a uh, launch pizza party on January 18th here at Haven at 7 p.m. And they're going to start a family study called um, Lead Your Family Like Jesus. So if you have any more information, you can see that uh, information there. Um, you can see some of the other uh, things that are going on. Uh, last minute, rotating shelter. Thank you for those who helped volunteer. They had a gap um, with one church that was taking over, and many of us filled in. Looks like we had nine volunteers 
um, that served 14 overnight guests. Thank you. We've got a great way to end that year and start the new year, right, Joanne? So, and we're getting geared up for our own week, correct? February 22nd, we will be having our own time where we'll be serving at the Rotating Shelter. If you've never done it before, it's, a, it's an incredible experience, particularly for those overnight, correct? So, um, and you can sign up first. <laughs> but um, no, it's a great time to do it, and it's really uh, an awesome outreach. Um, supporting our soldiers, we are collecting through next Sunday. And you should have, you might have that in your um, bulletin, or there's extras out there. Um, but there, it says SOS on it, and it has a list of different things that, um, for our soldiers and people that we know. Um, <clears throat> there's a blank sheet that you can write something. You can drop it in out here in this area and in the back, and please feel free to do so. And you can see the other information that you, if you would like to contribute those items um, or other kinds of things to them. Parish Foundation will be January uh, 17th which is next week, right? No, two weeks. Sorry, two weeks. <clears throat> I'm getting rid of the year already. Here we go. So, um, but Parish Foundation is in two weeks, and, um, and so need some volunteers, correct? We have enough food and the other stuff. We just need some volunteers. It's a great time to connect and serve and do that. Quarters for linens for the emergency rotating shelter. You can see that each year um, in our sponsorship. We're responsible for washing sheets and comforters for the homeless. So during the next two months, we will have cans near the doors where you can drop money, change, check, whatever you want to in there, and those things will go to help um, offset that cost and be able to have that. Also, um, there will be a swim party um, for in two weeks from 2 to 5 for the youth um, at Kids First, and um, Bobby, Bobby Brickner will be the contact person for that. So if you have some more information, we can connect more so there. Um, I do want to draw your attention over here to the flowers. You see the flowers underneath the cross. Um, they are from yesterday's um, memorial service and celebration of life for Lois Prentice, who um, was a member of our church and is a member of our church, um, but she went on to be with the Lord right before Christmas, and so we want to lift her in prayers. Also this week, we did have a funeral for um, the Greninger family, um, who's somebody who I was a pastor of at Morris Chapel years ago, and they moved to Lower uh, Delaware. And um, we were able to celebrate um, Richard's life, and that was, very, that was a, a great experience. Okay? A um, couple of our announcements here today. Uh, prayers for, the, um, for Hope Russell. Hope is going to undergo a knee replacement surgery this Wednesday. Um, right there, where's Hope? She's hiding. There she is right there. So she's going to go ahead and get uh, a knee replacement. We're going to lift her in prayers. For Benjamin Legullo, he's asked for prayers for Alex Parks, who's returning to boot camp after being home for Christmas. Um, Beth Crosley has asked for prayers for Brenda Crosley, Pert, um, who is in Calvert Nursing Home. She had a massive stroke in her brain, and she can't talk or eat. So we want to lift, um, many of you have been around this area know uh, Brenda for a while. And, yeah, we have several, Jake, Kate, uh, Laura, John, Terry, and Dave, a lot of people. Many of us know Wes Pinder, who's part of our church family. Some of you received that on the prayer list. Um, Wes and his friends were in a bad boating accident. The other day, and they were, um, they were most of them thrown out of it. A couple suffered concussions, and two, including Wes, broke their legs. Um, Wes bro- um, broke his leg in four places, and others are going to need surgery. So we want to continue to lift him in your prayers, um, and also Amy and, uh, and the rest of the family, and the guy who was driving, who was a friend of theirs, and it's just a mistake that happened, an accident, and I know he feels horrible as well. Uh, Damien is going to Washington State um, to what with your niece? 
visit. Okay, visit your niece, and you hadn't seen her in 14 years. So, um, and also prayers for a friend, Erin Foley. She's undergoing surgery tomorrow to remove cancer. Okay, and then we have one more, um, one more announcement here today that I want to share. And today um, is my father's 75th birthday. So there he is. He's still kicking, all right? So, and he gave a sermon for us this summer, so hopefully we'll get him back in here. 75 years. He's, uh, he's like, uh, what do they, they call dad in the Methodist church? Old worn out preachers. Is that what they used to call him? So here's an old, if you want to see what one of them looks like, there it is, okay? Um, but happy birthday, dad. Um, we love you, and we're glad that you are, are here with us today, all right? Any other uh, prayer requests that we need to mention, by all means, if you're um, joining us on church online today, please feel free. I know Wes and, um, and Amy said they would be, so uh, Wes, we're praying for you. And um, if you want to submit a prayer request online, please do so. Debbie Chadwick will make sure they get out and everything will be great. All right, anything else that we need to mention? Okay, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you today and we just uh, thank you for, number one, for bringing us through another year. Another year of service to you, another year where uh, it just seems like in many times we just don't know where we're going to turn. Some of us are coming from a, a Christmas season that seemed in many ways not to be Christmas because it was so warm. In other ways, it seemed that it just we were building up to the break and now we're all looking back to here we go back to school, here we go uh, back from our time from work, etc. And life gets back to normal and we just wonder, gosh, what was all that about? But God, all this leads to one thing, and that's to you and your presence. And so as we begin this new year, there's, it's a, in some ways, it's a way that we begin to, to say, hey, let's do a, a do-over. In other ways, it's a way that we say, hey, let's start again. In other ways, God, it's a time where we can just stop what didn't work in 2015 and just try to make it happen in 2016. But ultimately, God, it's a time where we can connect to you. It's a time where we can grow closer to you. Let us not waste another year of just keeping you at a distance or an arm's length, but let us just go ahead and just take time to just really know what it means to be a Christian. What it really means to have a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, with the lover of my soul, Jesus. And so God, as we move to this period of time where we receive your tithe and our offerings for the first time this year, I ask once again a a special blessing upon both the tither and the giver. Whether they physically give here or whether it's through electronic means or they're giving right now online. God, your your word says you love a cheerful giver. and, And these are not meant for us to hold here and keep and hoard up for ourselves. But it's used to further the many ministries that we've stepped into. And God, I just can't wait to to begin to um, enter into a new area that you have called this church to. To reach many more for your kingdom. But more importantly, that many people will come to know you and your son, Jesus Christ. And so God, bless these gifts and tithes and help us to just do your ministry the way you see fit. In Jesus' name we pray. All right, please stand. I want to to kick off the new year with this song. Um, I want to hear you guys lift your voices up. You know, nothing better to me than hearing a church sing. I mean, it's cool to have a praise team singing for you guys, but you know what? It's all about you and you connecting in this this kind of way. Let's hear it. You guys guys are 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 the choir today.
Our scripture this morning is Psalm 84, verses 1 through 10. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God, Blessed are those who dwell in your house, they are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Welcome to the Research Labs of Better. Today we're taking a look of two of our test subjects. Martin has asked Julie on a first date. Let's take a look. Hey, I am so excited to see this movie. I've heard so much about it. I love you. Okay. Too soon. Let's see what it looks like with better. Hey, I am so excited to see this movie. I've heard so much about it. Me too. When life hands you choices, choose better. When life hands you choices, choose better, right? Right? Yeah, ah, yeah make sure you're, you're more awake than last week. Last week, everybody was like post-Christmas, like eggnog hangover or something. I don't know what was going on, but it was like, oh, okay. Um, wow, what happened to 2015? Anybody else feel that way? What? <laughs> yeah, thanks, Gary. <laughs> Liz, you didn't tell me you were married to Mr. Obvious back there. Okay, there we go. All right. But yes, it is gone. It is gone. I celebrated the new year in style coming in. I was asleep. Woo! The only thing that was dropping was my eyelids, and it was awesome. Some good sleep. So, all right. Well, how many of you want better this year? Who doesn't? Nobody wants to raise your hand? I, I want, how many want worse this year? All right, there we go. Yay, I want worse. I want, I want unemployment. I want to be on the streets. Okay, yeah. Now, I think all of us would like to have something better. If I said, hey, I've got something better for you, I mean, if I say, yes, I want that. I want that. And so that's kind of where we are. Um, Melissa and I, one time, several years ago, went to Vegas. Anybody been to Vegas? You want to tell me what happened? No, it stays there, doesn't it? No. Um, but we went to Vegas one time, and um, we decided, you know, they, Vegas, like, is is Vegas. Um, but one of the things about it, it has like some of the craziest food ever. You know what I mean? It's like they want to stuff you and you, they want you to leave there like be bigger and better because there's like e everywhere you go, there's a buffet and there's some kind of awesome thing. So somebody said, um, a friend, a neighbor of ours said, hey, you got to go to this one place. So Melissa and I went, we went on this one place, we ate at this one buffet and it was good. But then we were talking to some people and they said, oh, if you want something better, if you really want something better, you got to go ahead and go to the, it's, it's a lot of money, but you got to go to the stratosphere. Anybody know what I'm talking about, the stratosphere? 
it's a, it's a building that has a restaurant and it's a mile high in the air. And the whole restaurant rotates around. So you're sitting there and you're just like, you're eating and you go, hmm. you know. And it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of interesting. And so they said, um, do you want the seven course meal? And I thought, sure, <laughs> why not? You know, better than the three course meal, right? Let's go for seven. And so they come out and they, they, they bring this, this plate out to you. And the first course is like a little tiny like saucer plate and it has like three little cheese slices. And I'm thinking, I paid for what? So they bring this out and I'm like, Okay, and I'm chucking these little cheese slices down my mouth, and I'm like, okay, there we go. Got rid of that. The next course, they bring something else. They bring something else, and it's all awesome. And meanwhile, there's, they got this one thing that's really weird. They got these rides out top, like this little bungee things over top, and you, you're sitting there eating, and all of a sudden, and somebody bounce. Not me. Um, but I'm sitting there, and we're eating. Everything is awesome. It tastes well. So about course number three, I'm starting to feel it. They bring out course number four. By the time we got to course number six, I'm like, oh, oh. I, I'm thinking I'm the, not, the room is not the only thing that's going to rotate. It's going to be me down the strip. They're going to be rolling me down the aisle. And it was awesome. And, you know, everything else then was not as good. Now, let me ask you a question. How many like pizza? Now, I'm, I love pizza. Pizza is like, that's, that's going to be like, Jack's Pizza Place in heaven. It's just going to be pizza all the time. Because I love pizza. I love all kinds of pizza. I'll try any kind of pizza. It's just incredible. Except for that white pizza. That's grilled cheese. Don't talk about that. But anyway, um, I like real pizza. All kinds of crazy pizza. Um, and so, um, you know, one time I was somewhere and somebody said, hey, you want a piece of pizza? I said, sure. And I was thinking, man, I could use some pizza. And they brought out that Elio stuff. Now, if you're thinking of pizza... I ain't thinking of Elio's. Or even worse, Lunchables makes pizza. <laughs> Anybody ever seen those little things? It's like a little tiny pita. You slap this kind of disgusting uh, tomato sauce on it and then sprinkle some like cold cheese on it, and kids eat this mess. And they call it pizza. Isn't that sacrilegious? So, but you know... <laughs> What happens a lot of times, you know, my, my, my favorite, you know, I, I love any kind of pizza, but the place, like when I have a cheat meal, um, the place I go is Pizza Boy, and I will eat, 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 eat. It's one of my favorite places in Rising Sun. I'll eat Pat's too. I'll eat uh, Nino's. All those places are good, but Vince is my buddy, and we, I just eat. I eat like crazy. So I go in there. I, I call now. Matter of fact, the salad is now named after me because I've named it that way. If you call Pizza Boy and ask for the Jack salad, they'll know exactly what you're talking about. That's how much I eat there. Um, and so... So, you know, I, I just love pizza. And a lot of times, I think in life, one of the things that we do is, so many of us want to have better. And this year, we're, we're approaching this year, man, I sure hope this year's better than last year. Anybody said that? And so when we do that, so many of us want better this year. But the tragic thing is our culture doesn't push us to better. Our culture pushes us to the good life. We want good rather than better. For instance, if we wanted better, there would be no such thing as lungeable pizza. It would all be pizza boy pizza. You with me? And so, but we tolerate that. And so we want nice things in our lives. We want comfort. We want convenience. We want fun. And that's awesome. And there's nothing wrong with those as long as Christ is the center point and has our heart. 
But the tragedy is so many people in the world settle for the good life when God has something indescribably better. And so the key thought for the series, if you have your bulletins, you can go ahead and check there. The key thought for the series is this. You need to let go of the good to get hold of something better. There's a, um, there, a guy wrote a book many, many years ago. It was for business called Good to Great. And the enemy of, great, of, good, of great is not bad, it's good. When we settle for good, we never want to press on to be great. One of the great, um, one of the great writers, uh, I guess you would say philosophers and also, um, also psychologists of the 20th century was a guy named Viktor Frankl. And Viktor Frankl was in a Nazi concentration camp. His whole family died in Auschwitz and Bergen-Belsen. And, um, and one of the things he shared one time at the age of 75, here you go, Dad, at the age of 75, he decided to take up flying lessons. And there you go, hey. Um, and, and he did so, and one of the things he talked about, anybody ever taken flying lessons? Anybody? Okay, here you go. When you're flying, there you go, when you're flying, he said, one of the things, if you look to aim here, we'll say right to this point here. If you look to aim here, and I'm heading from this direction, if I aim right there, I'm going to end up here. But if I aim above there, I'm going to end up where I am. And that's a great example of what we talk about. If we aim at life at good, we're going to fall less. But if we aim for the greatness that God intends for us, we'll achieve what God calls us to be in and through him. And so our key thought today is letting, we have to let go of the good in order to grab hold of the better. Because God has something indescribable, indescribable day. So today we're starting this brand new series called Better. And what we're going to do over the ne- course of the next couple weeks is we're going to look at different verses that have the word better in them. And so that's where I feel like I'm on password. You know, you remember that? These words have better in them. Okay. Um, or the $25,000 pyramid. It's probably 100000 now, but anyway, whatever. Um, and so next week, and, and we're going to memorize some of these verses. Oh, memorize? Yeah, we're going to start the year off by memorizing some verses. We're going to do that together. So next week, and I, I think next week is a really awesome message as well, but I, I really like it because I think that if we really internalize it and really apply it to our lives, that it could be a defining moment to open our eyes and our lives. Next week, we are going to talk about Better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. All right? And better is one handful. Unfortunately, we do live in a world that drives us to have two handfuls. And when we got two handfuls, we got to have an armful as well. And so what ends up happening is many of us may feel like I do about this point after the busy Christmas season. You feel overwhelmed. You feel overworked. You feel stressed out. You feel burned out. You have no intimacy with your spouse, no intimacy with your kids, no intimacy with God. You feel just dead in walking skin. And so we're going to learn that better is one handful of tranquility than two handfuls of toil. But this week we are going to deal with better is one day. And so our memory verse for this week will be um, Psalm 84.10. But I'm going to start with verses 1 and 2. It's in your bulletin. You can follow along or it will be up on the screen. And I want to give you a little context of how powerful this psalm is. Debbie read the whole thing to us, and I challenge you to read it too. But the psalmist starts, and he says this, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. He said, then continues and writes, My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. Stop. 
what in the world are the courts of the Lord? Is it there like, hear ye, hear ye, here is God? No, it's not that. In the Old Testament, um, they had, well, they, they had to go worship at the temple. The presence of God dealt with the, with the temple. And under the, the Hebrew understanding, in order to get close to God, you had to go to the temple. Now, people didn't, unless you lived in Jerusalem, you had to make a long journey. And everything goes up to Jerusalem. It's on the top of the mountain where the temple was. And you have to go through winding roads. A lot of times people would be, um, people would be uh, mugged and beaten. So you went in groups to go up there. You would make your way up. And often they would see it in, in the corner. And people would be really excited and be like, here we go. We're getting closer. We're getting closer. We're getting closer. And they get really, really excited. And when they got there, they had all these ceremonial washing. But as you went into the first court and the other courts, the closer you got, the closer you got to the presence of God. Something similar to, to that today is in, in Israel, where the spot nearest to where the Ark of the Covenant would have been in the Holy of Holies of the temple is the Wailing Wall. And still to this day, it's a, deemed an, one of the most holiest, if not the holiest place for Jewish people all over the world, that they go and they pray and they put... Um, they put little prayer requests in the cracks of the wall. They've excavated underneath, and now it's believed that's even closer, and that's even in a holier place because that's closer to where the presence of God is. So what the psalmist is writing here is, how lovely is your dwelling place? Here he is coming into this majestic place for the first time, or maybe, maybe again, and it's been a long time, so he's here, and he's like, oh, I'm in your, I'm in your dwelling place. God is here. And then he says, my soul yearns and even faints just to be in your courts, into your presence. It represents the presence of God is what it's saying, to be in the presence of God. And so people wanted to get as close to the presence of God they could. Look at this, again in verse two, my soul yearns and faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh cry out for the living God. And those of you who want to sing that song in your head, I know, I'm better as one day, it's in there. But here's our memory verse, are you ready? Are you ready? Okay. So better is one day in your courts, that's one day in your presence, than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper, that is one of the lowest jobs in the temple, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Are you ready? Let's say it together. Here we go. One, two, three. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Again, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Close your eyes and try to do it. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. All right, give yourselves a hand. There we go. Good job. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quiz you this week. I'm going to call you. What's your memory verse? You'll be like, ah, better is one day. Okay, there we go. All right. Better is one day. Better is one day. Better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. The problem is, so many of us just don't believe this. Let's be honest. We're going to start 2016 in honesty. We say, better is one day in your courts. Better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts. There you go. All right. So, see, I started you out with one that you can sing along with. And I made it easy for you. And we sing that. We worship it. We say it. We recite it. But we really don't act like we believe it. 
in life. Or we may say it and don't believe it. For years, I can tell you, I've lived my own life. I've done ministry many times that's been anything but God better is one day in your house and in your courts and in your presence than a Phillies game. And the way they play, trust me, anything's better than that. You know? Better is one day in your house. Better is one day in your courts. Better is one day, well, except for I got to go to Walmart. You with me here? That we say it's better for this than that, but when it comes down to it, we choose that over this. Time after time in our lives. Like for instance, it might just be in our own lives. You know, because uh, how many of you were good sinners? How many still are? Okay, I, I'm too. But you know, there's moments in my life when I look back, I sinned really well. Oh, don't be shocked. It was fun at that time. I did some fun sinning. Did we amen to that one, Gary? I did some fun sinning. Anybody else did some fun sinning with me? All right. And it was fun for the time. But afterwards, it left a mess. Sin's kind of like a sneeze. You know how like when you take a sneeze, uh, uh, it's really good until the snot blows out all over the place? You can't suck that stuff back in. Snot's all over the place, and it's like, uh, uh, achoo! And if somebody's near you, it's like, it ain't good. It's not good for them, and that's what sin does. Sin's a sneeze. There's, if you don't get anything else, sin's a sneeze. And so I, I, spawned, I didn't respond like I thought. Better's one day with God. Some of you may feel that way. And so my hope is that, the, that through this series and through the power of the Holy Spirit, that God will convince you that better is one day with him than anywhere else, anywhere else. You may say, okay, Jack, how or why is it better? Because Scripture just gives a, a couple of things. When God says, God's ways are higher than my ways, his ways are better, his love is better than life. With Christ, I have forgiveness of my sneeze, I mean my sins. And they've been separated from God's eyes as far as the east is to the west, all because of Christ. And he doesn't hold them against me. Again, that's better than what I'm trying to do. I have the security to knowing that no matter what happens, I belong to a family. It's called the family of God. I have joy unspeakable. And my happiness is not based off of my circumstance, but it's based on who, whose I am. And who I am. I have a divine calling and purpose for my life. Those of you who were here on the late Christmas Eve service, one of the things we shared is that's what makes it all possible, that because of Christ that God has a plan for my life and it's okay. That all my days are written and God has a unique plan for me. That because of having Christ, I have his power. Because the scripture says, the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives where? In me also. That's pretty awesome stuff. I have provision. Jesus said, he promised that he would take care of me and provide for me. You see, a day with God is indescribably better. It's better than, than anything else, one day with him. Now, I want you to hear this. I'm not saying that you won't have any problems, won't have any trials, and that everything's going to be skipping through the daisies. That's simply not true. But I can tell you, in the middle of the storm, Jesus is your peace in the midst of the storm. I'd rather, as someone once said one time, said, I'd rather be in the boat in a storm with Jesus than on the shore without him because a day with him is better than any elsewhere. 
So, okay, Jack, all right. So here's this question that I want to ask you now. If better is one day with God, then how do we have a day with him? How do we have a day with God? Well, years ago, I would, I would have sat and shared with you, well, you get up in the morning, you, you, clean, you brush your teeth because God doesn't like dirty breath, and then you fix yourself up a little bit, you sit down, you get yourself, you get quiet, you open your Bible and you do this, you pray and stuff, and that's good. And then you go about your day. But that's not a day with God. That's a devotional time with God, and you move on to the rest of your business. And I think many of us exist in this area, time in and time out. My understanding for years is that we kind of segment our time with God and move on, and then the rest is normal time. But I've checked it off because I've had my day with God. So what I want to do is I want to encourage you in the rest of our time together on what a biblical day with God is. And how can we have a day with God? Well, by living with a continual, unending awareness of the presence of God. That's what that blank is to fill in. To live with a continually unending awareness of the presence of God in our lives. That recognize all day we can be aware of God with us. That you don't just have to have time but with God briefly, but you can literally do life, complete life with God. Now what's interesting, in the Old Testament, there is no word, this is a real, posi- um, this is a real popular word now. If you ask somebody, do you believe in God? They'll say what? I'm what? I heard it. What was it? I'm spiritual. I don't have a clue what that means. But I'm spiritual. I know where they're going with it, but it's a term that we use. And what's interesting about that, in the Old Testament, there is not one word translated as spiritual. You know why? Because as we read the creation account, God created everything, and he created us in his image. So therefore, if God is spirit, and he created us in his image, then we are spiritual anyway. So if I'm telling you you're spiritual, duh. Because you were created in the image of the creator who is spirit. So when we look at that, in the New Testament, if you approach Jesus and said, if Peter said, well, you know, I'm spiritual, he'd say, excuse me? He wouldn't have had anything there. The Bible actually says, in the Old Testament, you had to go to the temple where the presence of God was and to, and to connect him. But you know what's awesome? Because of Jesus Christ, the scripture tells us that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That the spirit of God dwells within you. And you don't always have to go somewhere. We collect together so that we build up the body of Christ in in accordance with the scripture. But we have the spirit of the living God with us. That means we don't have to wait to go to a place far off and go up there and go into a court. That the courts are right here. And we can be in the presence of God. Because, Because of having the spirit of God with us, here's the cool thing. You can have a day with God because he's right here. You can have a week with God because he's right here. You can have a month with God, because where is he? Right here. You can have a year, 2016, with God, because he's where? Right here. And you can do life with God, because he's right here. It's an ongoing connection in the presence of God. And suddenly what the Apostle Paul said to us finally makes sense in Colossians chapter 3. And he says this, and whatever you do, here we go, Whatever you do, that means if you go to the mall. That means if you go to the grocery store. That means if you're driving down the road. That means if you're still upset that the Eagles lost. That means, and you're, watch, you're wasting time watching the game. That means what else do you guys do? You eat. What else do you do? Sleep. What else? Work. What else? You guys don't do anything? Come on, do something. What else? You go to school. What else? Exercise. 
Believe me, I pray to God a lot when I'm exercising, particularly when I'm doing those um, ab things. Trust me, there's a video out there. You'll have to see it one day. Uh, Anything else? But whatever you do, whatever you do, here's what he says, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, that means yapping your mouth or doing something, do it all in what? The name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's with you. It's about life with him. Because it's all spiritual. It's all spiritual. You can do life. Because better is one day with God than a thousand elsewhere. So how do we go and have a day with God? Well, if you're like me, you maybe have good, good intentions. Right now, right about this time of year, you've already gone up to that Bible app. You've already picked out the new reading plan you're going to do for the year. With me? They have an Oswald Chambers one now, my utmost first high school, which is really cool. But anyway, um, you picked out one, and you're all set, and you're ready to go. You're like, mm-hmm. you crack your knuckles. I'm going to do it this year. I'm ready to go. And then life hits. Or you say, today it's going to be God day. And you start off, and you're like, mm-hmm, something happens. And so you struggle with this. You, you have it set out, and you say, God, I'm going to be so aware of your presence. And then you got on Facebook. Or and then somebody turned on the TV and you heard something happen and you're like, or Elf is on. (laughs) Right? One of those things. And before you knew it, you're distracted. So what I want to do is share three habits for the rest of our time to incorporate into your life the ability to discover a better and ongoing, unending relationship with the awareness of God's presence. Okay? So the first one, here we go. You ready? Are you ready? What's your memory verse? Uh, okay, that was pretty lame. All right, here we go. First one, develop the habit of continual communication with God. Continual or constant communication with God. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 17, it says, be joyful always. And how should we pray? Continually. Now, for me, I used to think that I would have to, like, kind of ride down the road praying, God, with one eye. Um, Lord, help me. How am I going to do this? That I have to just be in this, put your hands together, you know. And, and that's impossible, correct? That's, a, that's impossible to do that way. So one version actually says pray without ceasing. Now, if, I know this is going to be a shock to you, but I kind of have an ADD prayer life that I start to pray, get everything, try to get it quiet around me. And I get there, and sometimes that quiet is deafening, and I start to pray and say, you know, God, I just ask that you'll, you know, you're just awesome, and I just want to come to you right now. And, oh, my gosh, i got to take the trash out because they're going to, you know. Um, oh, sorry, sorry, God. Uh, okay. And then I, gotta, um, I, I want you to be with me today as we have that funeral um, and we've, I got to meet with that couple for a wedding, and I just ask that you uh, go ahead. Um, oh, what time is dinner? I'm kind of hungry. You, anybody do this? How many, how many are honest that you have kind of an ADD prayer life? I mean, I do too, and, and I think that God's not shocked by that as well. Imagine if you had a conversation with people like that. Hey, hey, Jackson, how you doing today, by the way? Oh, by the way, I forgot to go to the bathroom. You know, you know what I mean? Uh, it's like... It, um, you can't have conversations with people like that because, but that's how we are. We're so distracted in life. And I believe one of the greatest tools of Satan is to distract us. And a lot of times you're like me and you say, I can't get five minutes focused, let alone a whole day with God. So how can I pray continually? This seems impossible. 
I want to encourage you, and I want to start with an example. This. How many have one of these? If you got them, take them out. There was a great, there was a great picture that was done when the first, when the uh, uh, Pope, uh, not, the, not this one, but the one who kind of retired, the retired Pope, when he was out, and they took a picture, and there was one person with a flip camera taking a picture. This time, when the Pope came up, thousands and thousands of cameras, everybody taking pictures. That's how we've gone. We've got these. When I leave this at home, I feel like I'm naked. I feel like I walked out with all my clothes off, all right? And so here it is. I have this. So how many of us do have this, do have a, have a cell phone? All right. Now, one of the interesting things about this is um, we have this a lot. How many of you text? Raise your hand. How many of you do social media on here? How many use this in the bathroom? There's something wrong with you, and you need counseling, all of you. And I can't believe you admitted that in public, you know. That's the last time, if you don't want anybody to borrow your phone, I just use this in the bathroom. Okay, no hands off, all right. Um, so, but so many of us use this for absolutely everything, and I, uh, I'm guilty. I carry mine there too. It's everywhere. So here's the thing: I am constantly connected to people on this, constantly. Right now, I can pick up and I can get a text. I can I can text. I can have it right here. Um, some there's some people who have birthdays today. Thank you. Uh, Shelly Borley checked in at Haven Community Church, didn't you, Shelly? There you go. See, so you have this. Oh, Melissa sent me a text. You look really hot today. Oh, wow, thanks, honey. Um, no, just joking. No, she didn't write that, but she would. Um, so, but we're constantly, constantly, constantly bombarded by this. Oh, hi, Fred. There you go. See, look at that right there. And, you know, I mentioned to you that one time, um, I mentioned to you that one time that um, I'm distracted. You see what I mean? Um, so I said, bye. Wait, she wrote it to me. Seriously, no. Uh, but what, what happens is, where the heck am I going with this? I mentioned that one time that I was sitting here in church. That one time in church I was sitting here, and it went off. And you guys like, well, and I said it was God. It was reminding me to read my Bible. It was my Bible. I was saying, we are constantly connected. There's been times in this church where I've taken a picture I posted on Facebook and tried to get likes. Remember that? And we can do that. So we are constantly connected. I can say or post on Facebook whatever I want, and I can tell you what I'm doing instantly online, even if you don't care where I am or what I'm doing. I can tell you. If you followed me on Instagram or Snapchat, you can read my story on Snapchat if I let you. Um, All day long I text I don't know how many texts to family, friends, others. Sometimes I get so much text and it's a book, I decide I'm going to call this person and be really radical and talk to them. You know what I mean? But all day long, I have these short bursts of conversation. Those of you on Twitter, 140 characters or less, right? How many Twitter? Tweet. There you go. That's all? Danny. You're the man, Danny. Um, So, but when I think about that, I think of this as how constant communication with God is the same way. 140 characters or less. We are conditioned that we just have to go ahead and say, Oh, thou greatest creator of thine universe. And we have to come up with these great flowery things. You know, sometimes I just text my dad and say, Hey, what's the score of the West Virginia game? Boom. He sends it to me. Cool. Later. T.Y. Right? Sometimes God just wants to say, Hey, God, T.Y. Thank you. 
today. Hey, God, by the way, I got some stuff going on here. Let me see 140 characters less. Wow, God, I'm on the way to work. Look at that kicking sunrise. Thank you, God. T.Y. Or I'm listening to a song that comes on, a worship song, and it just touches my heart and say, Woo, thank God I get to be in your presence. Boom, send. Thank you, God, for that job you provided for me. Boom. Oh, God, my boss is being, eh, but thank you anyway, God. Hopefully you use me to work through them today. Wow, that person looks like they're hurting God. Hey, if you can use me or please send somebody to them. Boop, send. God, do you want me to say something to that person over there today? Oh, God, I pray that you would just lead me to be a blessing in so-and-so's life today. Oh, God, hey, my son has an exam today. Just make sure it goes well. God, I pray that I'll be a good witness as I go to work or to practice or to school or whatever. Easy, right? It's okay. That's how I talk to my family. That's how I talk to you guys. That's how we text. Fred just said hi to me. He didn't say, hello there, Pastor Cohen. How art thou today? And he didn't go through all this. You know why? Because he knows me. And he just said, hey, hi. Right? You guys getting more comfortable? On and on, we can continue to go. This is called communication without ceasing, praying without ceasing, having an ongoing, unending awareness of the presence of God. And guess what? You're having a day with God because you're always connected to him. You're always connected to him. Number two, ready for number two? We need to develop the habit of prompt or instant obedience to God. Prompt or instant obedience to God. Continual communication, number one, and instant obedience to God. Galatians 5.25 says, since we live in spirit, let us what? Keep in step with spirit. You remember when you were a kid and you'd be walking next to an adult and you'd, like, you'd take like, these many steps for their one like that? And in order to do so, you had to, with my dad, it was kind of like an interesting <laughs> one, right? <laughs> right, dad? So I'd be like, uh, you know, like that kind of stuff. But whatever, you know, you keep in step. You had to keep in step. You had to keep up with people. And so this is how it is with the Spirit of God. If you're constantly communicating with God's Word, guess what's going to happen? He's going to speak to you. He's going to tell you through his word. He's going to tell you through signs and wonders what's going to happen. I've had many opportunities in my life where I'd just be somewhere, walking down the road, going into Walmart, and God's saying, go talk to that person. I'm like, huh? Yeah, just go talk to them. And sometimes I'm just tired and don't want to mess with it, and somebody says, hey, aren't you Reverend Cohen? I'm like, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm tired. I'm sleepy. And... And somebody would come up to me and start talking. I'm like, oh, more problems. And you just kind of go, yeah. You do that kind of thing like, oh, yeah, uh-huh. You turn sideways and you start to do that walk. They're all like, oh, that's why he was doing that at Walmart with me. But, you know, <laughs> you try to do that kind of stuff, you know, to kind of squeeze away. And, and I remember doing that at one point in my life when I was talking to um, this person. And she started talking and she was doing this stuff and I was kind of in a hurry and I was doing this. And, and I said, okay. And I walked around the corner and the guy was like, go back. Go back and listen to him. And you know, when you go, I said, hey, I'm sorry. You know, I, I was looking for something real quick, but I, let's go back to what you were saying. And then she began to open up about some of the things that were going on in her life. And we used that as time to connect. And God began to use that as an important aspect um, in order to bring some healing into our lives. That's how we hear from God. And that can happen if we just obey God. 
You see, I want to encourage you to develop the habit of continual and instant communication with God and obedience, instant obedience to God. Number three, a daily desperation for God. Develop the habit of a desperation for God. The psalmist said, my soul yearns for you, my heart faints for the living God. Question, when's the last time you felt that way? I, um, yeah, I was cleaning out the basement the other day, and that's, it's great for, for pictures, too. I found one of Melissa and me in 1991, and she had, like, the poodle kind of puffy hair. And my son Judah goes, Mommy, is that a wig? <laughs> you know? So... <laughs> I said, but daddy's looking fine, isn't he? He said, no. Um, okay. I had the little stash. I think it was kind of, I think I penciled it in, colored it in, you know what I mean? Um, but you find this stuff. And in there I found a letter I had written to her. And I was one sappy sucker. <laughs> but it worked, you know what I mean? Um, but, I, you know, it was like, oh, I love you. The best thing that's ever happened to me and all that kind of stuff. And I believed that and I was young and and I said it really sappy, and, you know, I'm, I have low T now after reading it, um, <laughs> testosterone. Um, so, uh, but, but with that, it was because there was this incredible love I had for her that was very, very um, immature at the time, that has grown. But then I wondered, when was the last time I had that response to God? To the point where my soul yearns and my heart is faint for the living God, for you. Most people think that's weird. That's weird. But you know why? It's weird because we have not developed an appetite for God. And I would say this. It's because when you're hungry, let's go back to that pizza. When you're hungry, I mean hungry, man, and I have a pizza. Is there anything greater? Just to, to eat and a stromboli if you like them. Some of you are weird and like a plain salad or something. Right, Jimmy? Um, so, uh, but you know, whatever you like, or, or you, you know, you haven't had any sweets for a while and somebody brings that hot fudge Sunday cake. Oh, I got you there, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> or some real strawberries with strawberry shortcake. Oh yeah. You guys are like hungry. Yeah. And there's something about that that is just so amazing when you're hungry. You just, I, I, it gets in your mind. The other, the other week I hadn't had a cheat meal. And for some reason, I know this is so weird, for some reason, Doritos tacos stuck in my head. You know them fiery things? Now, Doritos, the chip themselves are horrible, but it's the seasoning on them, trust me, because I licked them and thrown them away. But um, <laughs> it was in my head for two days. I drove one night, I pulled up in, I went past the exit, I pulled up in Perryville, I'd been at the hospital, I came down, I pulled into Perryville, and I'm like, yes, because I remember that commercial, open till 1 a.m., guess what, they ain't open till 1 a.m., I was like, oh my gosh, no, and I went home the next day, after being here at church, uh, praise team, I went in, I pulled into the driveway, I walked in the house, this is the next day, Melissa had made tacos, but they weren't the Doritos ones, I'm like, oh no, I am going to Taco Bell, I got in my car, I drove back 10, mile, 10 minutes away, got my Doritos tacos, I got them chicken, grilled chicken, and I shoved them in my face, and I was like, yes, I have had it, and I don't need another one now, I'm cool. But when I was hungry for it, I would have killed for a Doritos taco. That's demented, I know. I need counseling as well. But 
When you're hungry for something, you can't get it out of your head until it satisfies you. And this is what we see here. Look at what the scripture says here. Taste and see that the Lord is what? Once you get a good taste of God, you'll be more desperate for him. You want more. You want more, and you want more, and you want more of them. Rachel and I have this interesting thing. They made this seasonal ice cream. How many like ice cream? They made this seasonal ice cream. Christmas cookie dough. Oh, it's amazing. I came home one night. I had five half gallons of them. And she goes, what'd you bring? I said, look what daddy brought for you. And she's like, yes. And I am golden. It's amazing. And I went yesterday and looked and it was empty. And I went, I had a tear in my eye because Christmas is gone. You know, we will hunger for that till next year. How many of you are hungering for God this way? How many have tasted God? Let's go to what David writes. And I have this printed in your bulletin in Psalm 63. Oh God, you are my God and I earnestly seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I've seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and glory because your love is what? Because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. You see, when you are in continual communication with God, when you're instantly or promptly obey him, and when you're desperately feeding on him and enjoying his presence, you realize that he is better. And you will never settle for the good life again because you want something better. In 2016, you want something better. You want his forgiveness, which is better than anybody else's. You want his grace, which is incomparable to anybody else. You want his power, which is greater than anything in the universe. His mercy, his presence, his sovereignty working in your life. You won't settle for something less because you want better, because better is simply better. Better is one day. Better is one day. And guess what? You won't insult God by saying, here's my spiritual time because you're going to live an ongoing relationship with him and say, oh, yeah, God, sure. 140 characters and less. We got you. We're in communication because you're going to not compartmentalize God. You're going to do life with him. My prayer this in 2016 is that we will do life with God. We'll do life together in the right way and we'll do life together with God because um, God doesn't need drama. God doesn't need to be segmented. What God needs is our presence in our relationship. Amen? And so, one more time. Here we go. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be the doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the house of the wicked. All right, let's pray as the praise team comes up. Lord God, I just thank you for those who are praying today. And I ask that... Um, God, as we look back on 2015, we recognize that there are areas where we'd like to have a do-over. There's areas where we settled for good. And everybody, please stand if you're able to. Um, there's areas that uh, we settled for good rather than for the better. So God, I, I pray that as we work through these memorizing verses and over the next weeks, that more than just memorizing them for head knowledge, that we'll put it into our minds so that we can just achieve better with you. The problem that we recognize, God, is that even though we say better is one day, many of us don't live that way or we don't experience life that way. But we know through your son, Jesus Christ, that there's nothing better. He is the best sacrifice. He is the best King of kings and Lord of lords. His blood shed on a cross settled the issue of my sin once and for all. 
So I want to step into that better life. There may be somebody here for the first time says, you know, I've heard about Jesus, but I don't know, but I'm, I, I, I've been settling for good. I want better. Doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect, but I want better in my life, and I want a relationship with Jesus. All you have to do is just acknowledge it and say, I need a Savior. You're it. That sin or that sneeze in my life felt good, but now I'm left empty. And there's a mess all over the place. I need a Savior and you're it. I believe you are who you said you are. I want to start this year, 2016, differently. I want better. If that's who you are today and you want to start better and you want to start with a relationship with Christ or you want to start with a renewed relationship with Christ, just kind of lift your hand right where you are today. And even if you're home, lifting up. And just say, God, here we go. Rewrite all those wrongs. Make everything, make all those rough places straight. And I'll trust you. And so, pray with me. Heavenly Father, just save me from my sins. Make me new. Let go of the the good that I pursue for the better life. Jesus, fill me with your Holy Spirit so I can serve you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. I give it to you. Thank you now. And God, during this year, renew me. Help me to be in constant and continual communication with you. To to be the habit of prompt and immediate and instant obedience. And let me hunger for you. Let me not settle for Lunchables pizza. But let me settle for pizza boy that you put together, God. And we give you praise in Christ's name. Amen. The altar's open. I'm going to ask our, if our Stephen ministers are here, if they'll come up today and pray with you and just connect to the Lord. Start this off as a great year in 2016. Thanks, Jack. So this next song I think I picked for, uh, for Connie. I, mean, you know, I, was, I was supposed to do like better as one day to match up with this sermon message, but I was like, nah, I don't feel like it now. But this song is, is, uh, is a broken vessel's amazing grace, you know, and I feel like I'm thinking about Connie and his life, 75 years, you know, so I think it's awesome that, that God in his amazing grace and your amazing life and ministry, you know, if it wasn't for that, this wouldn't exist, right? We wouldn't have Jack and Jill and this ministry here today without your life. Amen. So amazing grace. God brought you back from the dead, 10 years old, to have an amazing life and a ministry. Thank you for that. Happy birthday.
I was just thinking, I wonder if John Newton, when he first penned those words, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And, and recognizing all that he, he was and did and, and all the evil that he um, continued. Sorry, I can't get the word out. By being a slave trader and all these other kinds of things that when he came to Christ and he got a taste of the Lord and saw that it was, it was better than all the money that he could have had and everything else, he saw better and experienced better for his life. He penned those words, amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And there's about 50 billion songs. And you know, it's still the most recognizable song in the world. All by one sinner who tasted and saw that God is good and is better than, than what life has to offer. That's what I want for you this year in 2016. I want better. Look at the person next to you. Tell them I want better. I want better for you. I sure as heck want better for me. All right. So next week, okay, so better. Everybody lift your hand up like this. Next week, better is one handful than two, right? So one handful. So you got one handful of God. Other one, shake somebody's hand. Tell them Happy New Year. We'll see you next week.